Hi, this is Janizi Yamache, and today is March 26, 2010, and this is 508 TV show. And I'm Mike Benedetti, Brendan Mellican. Good morning. Clifford Reese. Hi. Matt Feinstein and Jen Burt. Today is the one-year anniversary of the Stone Soup Fire, so we have all these people on the show today to talk about that said anniversary. Um, Brendan, anything we should mention before we get into this? No. Okay. All right. We can come back. All right. Great. So, Stone Soup. It's a three-story house. Is it a three-story house? Mm-hmm. Uh, Four King Street, right there in Main South, right off of Main Street, artist activist space. Uh, and a year ago today, it burned down. So we wanted to talk to these four guys about uh, sort of where where it was, what it was, where it's been. Anybody want to start off just where telling me the background of Stone Soup, what it was all about? Matthew Feinstein, I accuse you. <laughs> so Stone Soup, first of all, the fable, right? People might not know it. It's um, It comes from the old story of where uh, an old woman comes into a, a town and, and where there's a lot of hunger around, and, and they say, uh, no, you got to move on. She says, no, I have what I need here. I have a, a pot and a stone, and she starts making a stone soup. And she says, this is going to be a delicious stone soup. I just need some onion. Someone comes out. They've been hoarding onion. Bring it in. Someone brings out a carrot. Well, this is going to be a great, great stone soup with onion and carrot. We just need some, you know, celery. And and it goes on for the rest of the afternoon until everyone is out in the square enjoying this delicious meal. And that's the <coughs> idea of stone soup. Everyone brings a little bit um, that they can, and at the end of the day, have has a you know a beautiful meal together. So, stone soup was was that for Worcester. It was everyone bringing a little bit and and having this. Um, this space that people call theirs. And the the idea of the fable is that uh, everyone separately thinks they have nothing, uh, and and so they hoard. Uh, but together, uh, each with his little contribution, together makes an abundance and uh, yeah, you know, a wealth. So why? So let me go back to Matt as one of the old timers just real quick. Why was there this need to make another institution in the city of Worcester. So there were several spaces that artists and activist groups were renting and they were lost for various reasons. Rent going up, basically lack of control of our own space. So we decided we really needed to get together and uh, and buy a building together. And so um, we uh, all, so there were a lot of groups involved in the planning process. The Worcester Erna Bike, Worcester Roots Project, um, a bunch of artists and, and uh, the uh, a free school in the making, and there's lots of different groups. So um, we we came together and, and made the space ours, basically. There was like two years of meeting and looking for spaces before we actually found the space, though. And it was kind of awesome. Like, I talked many times on this show how I almost felt it was like kind of like the opposite of the anti-city council. It was like, <laughs> it was like, Problems were getting solved. Problems were getting solved day to day. Like good things were happening day to day. There wasn't a lot of rhetoric. There wasn't a lot of grandstanding. There wasn't a lot of. I mean, there was a lot of meetings. I guess <laughs> infamously a lot of meetings. But you know, for many of the people there, it was just like this awesome place where like things were happening and the city was getting better. Can you guys talk about what kinds of stuff would be going on there in an average day? Geneva. Well, we have the toxic soil busters. Okay. Uh, which is a youth-led cooperative, okay. and um, we do landscaping, so 
we did lead the lead removal, lead remediation. Yeah. And um, well, with stone suit, the backyard, we fixed it up because mm -hmm. it was all bushy and dirty and all that. And Toxic Soil Busters cleaned it up. That's one of the organizations in Stone Soup. Well, what are the organizations that have, like, because people basically had, like, office space in there, use it for public events, right? Yeah, we had a big room that we had our events, like, um, uh, like, we have, like, uh, Evan Greer. Mm -hmm. He's uh, one of the singers, one of the artists that comes in. We have events, like, how we, then we, um, come up with like donations and stuff and he will come in and pro, um, perform mm -hmm. and people will come in and donate uh, money or anything. Okay. And to help support you guys. What else, yeah. what else was what else was going on in Sun Soup day to day? Oh, well we had the free school there. So there's generally a lot of kids running around doing mm -hmm. um, democratic learning. So they're deciding what they want to learn about with their teachers. Um, and then there's usually a lot of other kids running around for earn a bike. And People were fixing and building bikes in the basement. And building bikes in the basement. People cook in the kitchen um, for the food <coughs> up bombs. Get meals for uh, whoever wants them every mm -hmm. Sunday. Epica, the ex-prisoners advocacy group, had an office in Stone Soup. Mm -hmm. There was a print shop, right? Yes, there was a graphic shop. Uh, they they partly had a press on the. A, a silk screening uh, printing machine in the basement, mm -hmm. and then a, um, um, I don't know what you call it, a lithograph press on okay. the second floor. Okay. Um, yeah. And yeah. also, like, we had um, a computer room okay. where right. there was, like, I think five computers mm -hmm. that the youth in the neighborhood or younger kids will come in and use the computer and use there's the library. Yeah, there's like a library in there too. Yeah, we had a library that kids will come read books. I mean, it kept kids from, you know, hanging out in the streets, you yeah. know. Stone Soup was like a place where people can just come in and have a good day or yeah. enjoy what we do in there. It was kind of cool. There were church groups in there too, right? Yeah. Yeah. On Sunday? There's, there's one woman that I'm thinking of in particular who... Um, um, is a preacher and uh, had a, a regular Bible study meeting that mm -hmm. uh, that she hosted. Okay. So anyway, that's uh, I mean that's just a little bit of what was going on in Sun Soup. I kind of thought it was awesome, not only because it was like a really cool like if you wanted to have a if you wanted to do an, a a meeting, it was like a great space for sort of with not a lot of lead time. You could usually get it for a meeting. Your group could do something there, um, and just the like the like the dynamism of like. You know, people from all these different organizations, like, just bumping into each other in the hallway. Yeah, I think that was, like, for me, the most important thing is that, you know, I don't have time to do every, you know, like, we can't all do everything we want to do, you know. I'm not an artist, but it's nice to go and see, oh, look, this is the cool art that someone's created. Or, I don't know, I really support what Epica is doing, so I can be there during the day doing what I need to do. And then, you know, someone says, oh, we really need you to come out next month to this rally at the State House or just make this one phone call. It's a lot easier when someone is telling you that face-to-face. -face. When and For me, when I was trying to do whatever, organizing for my cause, they would, you know, it's that solidarity between different people and e easy to connect with people and yeah. have those relationships beyond, too, just like that phone call. 
So there's a, there's a phrase we like to use, cross-pollinating, right? So we, the idea that there's, there are buds, there are flowers throughout Worcester that are projects making Worcester better, and that we need to be connected to each other. We need to be cross-pollinating and, and reinforcing and inspiring each other. And that happened in beautiful ways at Stone Soup in the first few years. Um, that was unexpected, you know. So uh, the ex-prisoners group Epoca was meeting on the second floor, and uh, the Worcester Immigrant Coalition was meeting on the first floor and happened to have um, a dinner break at the same time and shared all their food and started talking together and, and actually started to think about ways to work on campaigns together and to really support each other's groups. And things like that would happen all the time where there are two or three things going on and people would intermingle and, and get to know each other and build relationships. Yeah. And people you know, in the neighborhood, too, would build a lot of relationships. Um, Especially that, through the block party. And that kind of thing is really bound to happen when you have people physically close to each other. Yeah. You know, physically on the next, upstairs or next, in the room next door or whatever, you know. Um, as opposed to, I have my own separate little office in a, in a building downtown and, and, you know, I just come and do my thing and then go home. Right. It's kind of cool whenever the people who are sharing the building have something, a little something in common just because mm -hmm. then it's easier for them to communicate. Even even if all they have in common is a general attitude about society, mm -hmm. you know, even if that's the only thing they have in common, that that's enough to spark um, creative um, collaboration. Yeah. I just remember that I actually used to do this show from one of the computers at Stone Soup. I totally <laughs> right? forgot that. <laughs> See? See, there you go. Um, so then, but then there was a fire a year ago. Yes, a year ago today. A year ago today. <laughs> what was the wow. story with, yeah, it's been a year. What was the story with that fire? Um, I, I think, uh, and these guys will correct me if I'm wrong, um, I think it, they never actually determined conclusively uh, uh, what caused the fire. Mm -hmm. But the, the, uh, the default um, um, theory is that it was electrical okay so i yeah but and i don't think i don't think anybody ever said oh this is what caused it you know okay. but but we we think it was electrical does that sound about right guys mm -hmm. and then and so the whole back part of the building the fire just went from the kind of from the basement probably up the whole back started half in the, the building Th that we do know that it started in the basement okay. in the earner bike shop and went up the into the kitchen which is uh, in the back um, mm -hmm. on the first floor and uh, to the second floor and uh, there was a lot of like smoke damage and then of course when the fire department gets <coughs> there there's water damage right. and they they you know crack a big hole in the roof and mm -hmm. um, but so that whole back half of the building was basically the destroyed by the fire yeah okay. it's still standing technically yeah. but um, <laughs> There's like holes in the floor. Just, and yeah, the floor is <laughs> sagging and, and it's dangerous. And yeah. There yeah. were no humans in the building. Yes, uh, right. Luckily, there was a cat. no one was hurt. There was one cat that died okay. in the fire, mm. Coco. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, <coughs> neighbors came out so quickly. The night of the fire, the day after, the day after that consistently to help clean up, to help, you know, pitch in, oh. save whatever was inside. <laughs> the day after, there was like 50 people or something out there, like helping take stuff out and, you know, sort of help shut down the, shut down the site. 
That's awesome. And uh, the night after, uh, a group came out and helped decorated, decorate the uh, boarded up windows. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. we can't just leave an ugly, burnt building in the in the neighborhood. We want to be able to still bring the kind of life as much as we can. And so we, you know, went on to organize the block party, even though we didn't have the building and things like that. So yeah. So I want to I want to talk about sort of about rebuilding plans, but first I guess I wanted to talk about how, like, there's actually still this like, kind of like this community of people who are involved with Stone Soup, um, which is kind of amazing and kind of awesome. I just wanted to ask you guys like w- sort of what have what is what's what's been the situation with that? I know all the member groups have continued and are doing their thing, but has that any of that creative cross pollination continued between those guys or connections continued or? I mean, I think you ca- like the great thing about being in the same building is we built relationships, you know, and d- it's definitely been hard not being in the same building, like, but I don't think you can lose those relationships between people and between organizations. Okay. And I'm still amazed at how many people come out every month for a general meeting and yeah. show up for all the different committee meetings we have mm-hmm. or just to do, like, a small task or whatever. Right. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, there was a, you actually there was actually an anniversary party, and there was no Stone Soup to have the anniversary party <laughs> <Right>. in, <laughs> but the anniversary party went right. great. So it was, it was kind huge. of a huge, it was a big success. Yeah. So what's the plan going forward? I guess this is what everybody wants to know. What's the situation? When are we going to see Stone Soup, the community, have um, something? I don't know, but I think I, I went to one of the meetings, and there were well, more than one of the meetings, and they were um, talking about. Um, rebuilding Stone Soup, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just really excited. Can't wait for that to happen. Yeah. Um, coming to Stone Soup was a, it was awesome for me. Um, it was a place for me to like hang out, do homework, um, eat. <laughs> we had a kitchen, cook, you know, we'd, yeah, eat cook, and cook, eat and cook. <laughs> but you know, it was really great, and I just want that. I want to see that again, and I want to see all that people that were in there all over again. Even though right now we're separated, mm-hmm. people are in different, you know, part of the city, whatever. Just want to see them all in that same building again and have that to reunite, have that, you know, loving and caring and yeah. friendship all over again. And so, do you think so? Is the is the basic plan to rebuild that same on that same space, that yeah. same site? Yeah. 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 The, the um. Uh, we're in the process of negotiating a um, an insurance settlement, and that process is arduous and tedious. Um, and you know the the insurance <coughs> company loves it when it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. That's their favorite thing because the longer they wait, uh, the the less likely it is that they'll have to pay yeah. whatever amount of money. Um, but we're persistent and tenacious and and um, uh, it looks like uh, right we yeah. might it looks like we might actually have a settlement within the next few weeks really wow. okay yeah because yeah. For, I have to say it's been frustrating just because it seems like for a while now it's been well maybe we're a month or two away yeah and maybe we're a month yeah. or two away and, and I'm still saying that right but yeah. um but it it really does look like we might in the next few weeks have uh, a settlement, mm-hmm. and and hopefully start serious construction mm-hmm. even even possibly before the the actual settlement. Because um, you guys have raised you guys have raised some money mm-hmm. also besides from that settlement for rebuilding, well, right? Well, 
Well, right now we're doing no? fundraising. Okay. And um, um, we uh, Stone Soup hired the new um, a lady, a fundraiser lady, mm -hmm. that's gonna you know do events and help out to and everybody's contributing, everybody's helping mm -hmm. to fundraise money to help Stone Soup <coughs> or to have the insurance company to rebuild Stone mm -hmm. Soup out of again. Okay. So. okay. So I think, yeah, and we've already submitted some plans to the Historical Commission, um, which is another process that takes a long is time. Is that a historical structure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which Even half burned down. Yeah, they still, like, I mean, you know, it's half burned down, and, you know, whatever we do to it is going to make it nice again. Okay. But there's a lot of, like, whether we use slate or whether we use this, like, composite slate, which for the roof? looks like, yeah, for the roof, or, okay. like, all these decisions that the Historical Commission has opinion on that we get to talk to them about. But I also think that when we rebuild the, I mean, um, we're at the retreat and Cosme, who runs a graphic shop, was saying that like, you know, we can't be constrained by the old stone soup or the old walls. Like imagine what we can have even better than what we had before. So just like a bigger event space and all the things we dreamed about trying to make that happen mm -hmm. as we rebuild. So that's an so exciting opportunity. <coughs> you know, it was, yeah, a real tragedy. Mm. Hmm. Matt, have I seen anything? Well, just that there's been great <coughs> builders and architects that have been donating their time and working oh. with us and have the patience to work with a consensus-based organization, <laughs> too, and with lots of different ideas of what the building can look like when we rebuild. So um, so we want to, you know, really appreciate all the, the different uh, skilled and, uh, and creative people that have been uh, involved in this. Uh, planning to rebuild process. What's the chances that this is going to end up being the greenest building in Maine South or something like that? Very good, oh, yes. Okay. We do have plans Easily. to do some serious weatherization work on the building um, and uh, and make it participatory in the same in, in the process too. People can learn how to do weatherization work on the building as we rebuild it and um, that's, I mean, we, we want to see the, the rebuilding process very uh, hands-on and and a lot of volunteer groups have already you know offered their, right. their help and, and individuals too. I've I've talked to some people. Just um, we we've actually had some meetings, uh, meetings, meetings, meetings. We've we've actually had some meetings on the porch when the weather was nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, um, at at various times that I've been at the building. Uh, I've talked to people who were just walking by and are from the neighborhood and would say, hey, uh, you know, uh, when you guys are ready to rebuild, I, uh, I, I'd I, love to, uh, you know, do a little demo for you, a little demolition or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. I can offer my sweat, uh, you know, yeah. to the project. And um, so we're hoping that we'll, we'll use as many people from the neighborhood as we, as, as, uh, we can. And if you like... My father is an electri um, electri electrician, mm -hmm. and um, I, ha I had a talk with him, mm -hmm. and he's even like willing to volunteer to do <coughs> the okay. um, electric stuff at Stone Soup Forest, which awesome. I think is great. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> Anything else about Stone Soup? Um, tomorrow, if you want to come out, we're doing a little bit of a cleanup um, outside, you know, all the trash that collects over the winter and you don't see because of snow. So, so if people want to come out at noon. Saturday the 27th. Yeah, tomorrow, Saturday the 27th at noon. Okay. can chat about stone soup, pick up awesome. some garbage. It'll be awesome. <laughs> awesome. I love stone soup. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I love Say that it. place. I love stone soup. <laughs> <laughs>
No, I just think it's remarkable that a group has been able to stay together for a year with without the primary, you know, anchor. purpose anchor of the group, which is the building. The building. But yeah. th it's clear that there's that there's a vision, you know, that there's a community and that there's a vision and that survives through all the hard times we've been through. Um, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna see a beautiful space and a beautiful thriving community permanently in Worcester coming up. So Turns and a place for me to live. <laughs> Are you moving into <laughs> Yeah, I, can't, I, I want to because to. before we used to have a caretaker. Yeah. Like, I think two bedrooms that people were sharing, that, and I want to. That, you know, that part of our mission is affordable housing. Yeah. So, so it's artists, activists, community organizations, grassroots organizations, and uh, affordable housing. Is it's awesome how that actually how that worked out, how having a yeah. caretaker kind of plays into that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I and, give it and, up. <laughs> and we're very excited because, as it turns out, you even without a kettle, you can still have stone soup. <laughs> <laughs> I have a rock and a piece of granite. Right. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for being on. I want to. We're going to talk for, uh, about a couple more topics. If you guys want to throw in your two cents, that's totally great too. Hi. How are you? Good morning. Good to see you. Um, you want to scoot over here? Sure. Scoot over. Come, come towards us a little bit. I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to mention uh, one sad bit of news from this week, which has involved uh, the death of your friend Joe Martin down in Brazil. Yeah, he de so that was uh, 2007. He was shot by a Brazilian police officer uh, after an altercation. Uh, his trial, w the, the trial of the police officer who shot him was this past Tuesday. Uh, it was a incredibly long process just for uh, his mother, uh, Fran Martin, and another aunt who was kind of leading the charge on, on the legal team to get uh, that trial to actually take place. Mm -hmm. It's unusual to even ha bring a police officer in Brazil to court. Um, and uh, it, after, I think it was seven hours, maybe ten hours? I think it's a ten hours in yeah. the paper. Uh, of combined trial time and uh, deliberation, uh, the officer was found not guilty, hmm. uh, which was not a huge surprise to uh, everyone, uh, inc unfortunately, including the family. Uh, that, that seems to be par for the course uh, in Brazil. Hmm. The number of, uh, <coughs> technically it's still a murder, uh, even if he's not found, uh, you know, just the, the the act itself, right? Mm -hmm. um, the number of civilians who are uh, shot and killed by police without cause uh, is, is is rather incredible. So it wasn't a shock to anybody that uh, the the case was thrown out. But uh, what's interesting is the amount of attention that it's received. And if there's any uh, upside to that, it, it it is the the attention. And uh, from what I understand, Congressman McGovern is going to be holding some hearings uh, regarding. Um, Anything that can be done just to, to call attention to the, the issues revolving in, around uh, civilians uh, and their interactions with law enforcement and military uh, mm. in, in Brazil in particular, but yeah. South America in general. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. It does, it does appear that the legal team is going to appeal uh, okay. whether or not it will go anywhere in, right. up in the air. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's a sad. <coughs> it's a sad uh, it was uh, Joe's mother, uh, Fran, and, and uh, Aunt Elizabeth, they were down for the, the trial, so mm -hmm. they were they were there uh, on hand for the whole thing. It'll yeah. be interesting to see what their uh, their feedback is when they get back stateside. Hmm. Hmm. I thought it was, on a, on a lighter note, I thought it was interesting that uh, Councillor uh, Rushton so tired this morning. I don't want to confuse him with Rushford. Counselor Rushton, zombie counselor, um, uh, brought up panhandling today, this week at the city council mm -hmm. meeting. Um, 
because last month I was explaining to somebody who hadn't been in Worcester during the whole previous yeah. anti-panhandling campaign in Worcester about that, and it really struck me like what a total fiasco that was. Yeah. Like yeah, I think that was 2006 or whatnot. <coughs> that was right when we started doing this, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and it was because it, it was incredible because it was basically like it was it, it was this you know it was this it was this attempt by the city to deal with the fact that there were maybe 20 panhandlers in the mm -hmm. city. Not all of them full-time, but there were maybe 20 individuals who were panhandling on and off in the city. Um, and then, so they put up these billboards, and they put up these posters everywhere, and they had this whole... They had a plan, a vague plan on paper to somehow financially deal with the problem or, or you know, actually like have somebody deal with the individual panhandlers. That part never happened, but the propaganda pan campaign happened. It was amazing to me just thinking about it. Like, basically, the city's saying, like, let's take a minor, a really minor problem in the mm -hmm. scale of things, right. problem... But that's very stereotypical of the negative things that people think about Worcester. Mm -hmm. Let's put it on giant billboards. billboards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not even sure it's a problem, really. Well, Technically, I think that was what, what, what I think a lot of people had a problem with back when you know, it was when Tim Murray was was mayor. What their last campaign? I mean, it, it got ridiculous to the point where there were you said signs, but I mean, they were reminiscent of the signs you'd seen at a campground, right? Like, don't feed the bears, sort of. Right. Thing. Um, right. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> it's like it's so 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 they're not only big signs saying "Welcome to Worcester, watch out, there's panhandlers," yeah, don't help but it was "We don't like to help people neither." <laughs> so, but the thing that's always been strange is you know I mean it's the city t trying to tack one trying to tackle an issue that is. A existed since the dawn of civilization, right? And, and with the assumption that they're going to figure, they're going to be the ones after, you know, however many thousands of years, they're going to be the ones to figure this out, which is, is nice, and, and, you know, but the, the, the effort is appreciated, but mm -hmm. not likely. Um, the other uh, issue, though, is especially when it came to panhandling, is the Supreme Court's already dealt with this one. Uh, I mean, the Supreme Court has, has ruled uh, correctly that it is not illegal to uh, stand on the side of the road and ask somebody for help. Um, and, and so panhandling is, is protected speech, uh, technically, mm -hmm. uh, the idea that I'm pleading with you for help, and, and if you wish to respond, uh, thank you. Uh, what's, what's interesting about what Council Russian is doing is that they're actually looking for some clarification now uh, as to how to differentiate between a panhandler, which has constitutional or has constitutional pr protection under the Supreme Court ruling, as opposed to you know the the little league kids standing out in, in the street with buckets collecting money. Do because they not have constitutional rights? Well, it's interesting because they have to apply for a permit. Um, yeah. So really? Yeah. Whenever you have like a standout day, like with firefighters or little leagues or whatnot to raise money in the street. You actually need to get a permit from the city to go out and walk, you know, this, you know, in 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 traffic. So you need a permit to um, stand on the street with a bucket and ask for the, money. The boot drives, yeah, that you need. A, the, the city actually has permits for it. And it. I was I was at the council meeting thinking to myself as they were talking about this. Have you violated this law? <laughs> Don't say you violated. This Wait, you're on television. This this is going on in Worcester. Yeah. Well, it is, most cities have that have an ordinance that you need to get a permit to to raise funds like that. And what? it's a, it's a their, their argument is is typically sound. It's more of like a public safety thing. Like we don't want you know eight year old kids without any supervision running in and out of traffic. We at least want to know that they're there when they get hit by a bus. You know, is essentially the sort of thing. But yes, it's a form of permitting structure. The but I think the 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 what's going to be interesting is. To, I, if anything, it's likely that the legal department for the city is going to come back and say, well, yeah, we don't really have any way to enforce that permitting process, right? right. Because if panhandling is legal, it, you know, it, all it would take would be the little leagues to change their verbiage a little bit, and there would be nothing to stop them from going out with mm -hmm. out a permit. It seems more like one of those issues where there's a permit for the sake of having a permit, and nobody's, just nobody's questioned it up until this point, right. until right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, all I know is you need a permit if you're mm. underage to get a job, but I did not know 
till now. Oh, you need a lot of permits in Worcester. You didn't get your permit to come here? You need a permit to get a permit. Well, I got a permit for my principal to be here. TV permit. We're running out of time. I just want to mention a couple more things. One is that the Center for Nonviolent Solutions is having their annual meeting tomorrow at the library, again, the Saturday the 27th. TV-wise, we're like three weeks ahead. I think it's in the morning. It's like at 9 or something. You, you probably got – search your email. You probably got emails about this. Um, and they, they have, like, a ton of stuff brewing. They haven't – I don't think that they've sort of have had a completed campaign yet, but they mm -hmm. have had a ton of good stuff brewing there. So uh, I'm going to try to drag myself out of bed and get down there for that. Um, and uh, something else. Oh, today's the last day for the Google Fiber for Communities thing. Yeah, anyone can actually fill out an application for that, please do. I mean, the, the, the actual application, we, yeah. the, the, the input well, that we received, creative input, has been awesome. But today we actually need individuals to go to Google's website for the project okay. and actually fill out the formal application. It'll take five minutes to do it, and it would well, be greatly appreciated. And, and Pro probably by the time people see this, that will be over with. I want to ask Brendan, when do we, when do we find out who's, who are the lucky winners of First thing tomorrow morning. So fill, no, really? I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be Google's a fast. They get an algorithm. Yeah, I mean, Google, what they're, we've talked about this before, what they're doing is actually staying in front of what the FCC is doing through their national broadband plan. So I think there's going to be a lot of, of back and forth bef between you know the, what's what's going to be the best way to roll this out after they identify the city that they would like to do this in. Okay, we got 30 seconds left. Anything? Oh, Clark Knight. I, I want to say something real quick. Um, so we're um, helping cafeteria workers that want to unionize at Clark. Um, we've been negotiating with the administration for months now. They are not receptive at all. They said if workers got fired, we'd cross that bridge when we came to it. Mm. Even though all the workers get fired at the end of the school year, collect unemployment over the summer, or get another job, and then are rehired in the fall, we figure that they're probably just not going to send the pro-union workers a letter. Oh. Um, so we're asking for preferential rehire, among a few other things, which means everyone would... Everybody would be hired re back. Be hired back. Um, so we're having a big rally April 1st. All right. 1 o'clock. Awesome. Everybody, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Say hi to Worcester. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.